The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who would never build a house out of ash, but instead built it out of tears of disappointment, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? Play has been disconnected. <laughs> Josh can no longer record the podcast with us because he's not connected to the network. <laughs> ah, I'm okay. It's been a long day, Kyle. It's been a long, tough dad day, but I'm still alive through poop and tantrums. I still made it through the day. Hey, and you know, being a dad is like the greatest gift ever anyway, right? Like, so... I think that they say it pays out later, but I don't know about now. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So worth it in the end. Okay. As, well, hopefully. You hope that it's worth <laughs> it in the end. It's not even a guarantee. So, gotcha. Well, you know, hopefully then our, our little time together this evening will be a nice little respite for you from the what was sounds like was a bit of a challenging day today. <laughs> yeah. As long as he doesn't get up, <laughs> which is always an option. <laughs> um, yesterday was a... Cool but beautiful day here in, in the great state of Iowa. Um, and, you know, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, I, my house backs up to a, a soccer complex and there was a soccer tournament going on, Josh. Ah. So yesterday, beautiful day. Absolutely gorgeous. A little crisp in the air, but just sunny and gorgeous. Today, Josh, 40 degrees and raining like a son of a gun for the second day of the tournament. And I felt horrible for all those people <laughs> out there thinking... Why did I make this decision? I feel like, you know, questioning whether or not, you know, playing soccer in the rain, in the very cold rain, was was a good life choice. It was tough for them, I think. Yeah, but they're kids and they just enjoy get. Uh, I think they're kids. Are they kids? They could be adults. I mean, they're, they're yeah. Yeah, I mean, what an they're assumption. I just Teenagers. <laughs> teenagers. Yeah, so. they, they're probably having fun regardless. Do you have any, I guess we never really, I don't know that we've ever really talked about this. Like, did you play youth sports? <laughs> I did, yes. Uh, do you have any stories of ridiculous weather games from the youth sports oh, you played? I mean, yeah, but I don't know that it's ridiculous. Like we've pl- I've played soccer and baseball and football all in cold, wet weather at different points in my life. And it never feels good to do any form of contact in any sport when it's cold and rainy. Yeah. It Whether it's sucks. the sting of the bat on your hands or... Uh, slide tackling in the in muddy grass, or um, getting tackled when it's sleeting out. <laughs> like none of those are fun. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, baseball was the sport I definitely played the most in my youth, and I still distinctly remember we played one baseball game right after it had just absolutely poured, 
And, you know, because obviously for baseball, you don't typically play while it's raining, but everything was just absolutely soaked. And, you know, you only have a limited number of game balls in youth baseball. So by the time, you know, we get to inning two, inning three, every single baseball is just totally waterlogged and just heavy. Like pitching was harder. Throwing was harder. Like when you hit the ball with a bat, like it just didn't go as far. And every base had like a pool of water surrounding it just huge and the only reason we played the game was because the team that like it was a home game for us but the team that had come traveled from like two and a half or three hours away yeah so we didn't want to be like well thanks for coming but just head home so like well yeah we'll play the game i guess anyway because the conditions were just horrible uh but yeah i think you know once we got to really the second half of the game i don't think any ball made it out of the infield because the balls were just so heavy that like it didn't matter how hard you hit them; they just weren't going anywhere. It was ridiculous. I could, I was amazed the pitchers could even like pitch the ball like without hurting <laughs> yeah. their arms because they. I mean, I've never experienced balls that were that heavy, and this, you know, me talking about heavy balls is probably a little awkward, but you get what I'm saying. I so. get exactly what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, next question then, Josh. As we move into our official pregame section here, uh, there was a movie trailer released for this little, you know, video game property, Uncharted. Just That's know, right, Josh. A, did you watch the trailer for the Uncharted movie? And I did. B, <laughs> what are your thoughts as uh, Tom Holland as Nathan Drake? Well, okay, yes, I did watch the trailer. Um, I have mixed opinions on it because I do agree with the majority of the internet where they did cast him a little too young for my liking. That being said, I, I mean, it's fine. Like, I'm still going to see the movie. I'm sure it'll be fun. It might not be good, um, but I'm sure it'll be fun. And I think you you want to cast uh, an investment. You don't want to cast Nathan Fillion because right. he has two movies in him. Maybe. <laughs> you yeah. might just have one. He's 50-something years old. So, uh, I think he's 50-something years old. Hold on. <laughs> Nathan Fillion. What's your age? He is exactly 50 years old, Josh. Okay, nailed it. Um, I think I saw Jewel Stady post something with everyone's age saying, like, we could totally still do Fire Firefly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I think that's maybe where I, I guessed it from. Um, and I get it. I appreciated the fan film that they did, that he did. It was cool. It was the Nathan Drake everyone expected. But, you know, Sony's not going for that. They're going for franchise. And Tom Holland's your franchise guy. He sounds like he's out uh, of Spider-Man, and he needs a new project. So we need some Uncharted. Yeah, I was opposed to not like this movie. I I really had very <laughs> low expectations. Like I like Tom. I like Tom Holland. Uh, I think he can play some specific, very specific types of roles very very well. Uh, if you listen to our most <laughs> upcoming release of of Dollar Cinema, you might get some you know some feedback about some Tom Holland and some roles that aren't Spider Man. But I, I think he does have a, a charisma and, and a youthful eagerness that works in very very specific roles. Uh, and so yeah, I think playing a young Nathan Drake so that you, as you said, can build a franchise moving forward. Right? It's kind of like what do they do with the next bond? Right? Like people are like, Oh, you should get like a lot of people are naming like older people. Yeah. And it's like, well, you, you can't really do that. Right. If you want to have more than a movie or two, like you have to cast someone who can do the role for the next 10 to 15 years, you know, granted Daniel Craig's run 
as far as the number of years between movies was pretty irregular for Bond, but yeah. kind of similar pre- premise, right? Like you need to have someone who can roll with the role a- as the role goes. Uh, my my biggest concern about the Uncharted movie is actually not Tom Holland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it really, for me, is Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Like, that's where I, I am very concerned <laughs> because, you know, Mark Wahlberg, you know, love him or hate him. He, he definitely has a very... Also, very specific style of type of movie he does and type of character that he plays, and I I didn't really totally see him as a Sully type character. Yeah, but you know, so far, like the humor that was in there was good. I I am interested to see where they go with the story because it definitely doesn't seem to be specifically following one movie, but instead incorporating or one game, but instead of incorporating aspects of multiple games yeah. into like one film. Uh, so I'll be interested to see where they go with it, but. I didn't hate it, and I thought I was going to hate it. So for me, that's a win, I guess. And let's be honest, I'm a sucker. So no matter what, I was probably going to go see this movie. Yeah, but- sure, sure. I think it – I mean, I'm just surprised they're not trying to do a series like with Last of Us. That was going to be my follow-up question, Josh, is do you think that a movie in general for video games is the best way to go? Or do you think something like a series that they're attempting with The Last of Us is the better route for adapting video game properties to – the screen. Uh, you know, I don't even know if it's necessarily specific to video games. I think that um, we're just in this generation where TV series are better adapted. There's a more; they're more willing to put the budget into a TV show, uh, which is something we didn't see ten years ago. I mean, we did with Game of Thrones and stuff like that, but it wasn't as common. I think really, Game of Thrones opened the door for a lot of this stuff, um, as well as like Netflix and streaming services, but. Um, it really depends, and, and I'll talk about something later that um, kind of does film the right way, uh, and it'll make sense when I talk about it. But um, yeah, I mean, it really—I guess it depends on the story they want to tell. They can do a movie and a series too; like they're not limited to pick one. If they think they have a a better story for a ninety-minute movie, then do that, and then maybe branch it out to a series, but. Uh, and then you see people take like big swings, like the Why the Last Man show, which I guess didn't get picked up for season two, but it had so much potential um, and things like that. So, you know, it's hard. They always have to make that guess on what is the right thing to do. And usually we see studios make the wrong decisions because it's based on money, not necessarily IP. But knowing that Sony's behind it, like when you have a studio that is so tied to that material. I think, I think they, they probably made the right decision because they're passionate about what they're doing. Right. I, you know, I like the idea of, you know, the whole <laughs> community perspective, you know, six seasons in a movie. Yeah. Still haven't got the movie there, but you know, uh, for certain properties, I think a show is going to work better than a movie. And I think honestly, for the most part, like, Uncharted and The Last of Us, obviously both Naughty Dog properties. To me, they just seem more show-appropriate yes. based off of the way those games are. But something like Twisted Metal, I, I honestly think would be a more fun movie, probably, yeah. than show. You know, so you don't I need, think, Yeah, you don't need all that character development for Twisted Metal. If you... Yeah, depending on how much you're tying it to, you know, what... How much you're tying it to exactly what the game yeah, was. Yeah, and that's what I do find interesting is I think Twisted Metal is actually going to be a show. Yeah, but it's going to be more Uncharted like Death movie. Race. It's not going to be like the Twisted Metal game because it's it would be impossible for them to do that. 
Right. Yeah. So I, I, you know, obviously I don't get paid the big bucks by PlayStation to decide what they're going to do with their properties. Yeah. I would like to get paid the big bucks by PlayStation to decide what they're going to do with their properties, but we'll see. I, like I said, either way, I'll probably just go see this because it, I think it'll probably be fun, but whether or not it'll be good will be a completely different situation. So. Yeah. Are you more, which series are you more excited for? The Last of Us TV series or the Halo TV series? Is that ever going to come out? <laughs> Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> They've been working on it for like eight years. <laughs> um, I think for me, I'd be more interested. Uh, you know, actually, I take that back. I think I'd be more interested in Last of Us because of how dramatic it can be. And I don't believe that a Halo series will be anything more than an action series. Which I'm yeah, still excited com- to watch, but I really feel like Last of Us will be a better show. Yeah, because it's going to be out in 2022 on Paramount+. Plus. We'll see. <laughs> it was also well, supposed I- to be on HBO like three years ago. No, Showtime. Yeah. Showtime. Yeah, so yeah, now set for a Q1 2022 debut on Paramount+, Plus for the Halo show. So We'll see. So theoretically, we'll actually be seeing that before we'll be seeing The Last of Us. Yeah. On screen. If so. it doesn't get yeah. delayed. But- like the game. um yeah we'll see the game's not gonna get delayed at this point right aren't we aren't we seeing the game Uh, this week what (laughs) maybe yeah we all see a look at yeah tomorrow well yesterday for you listening there'll be a video dropped on youtube that will have uh probably two minutes of campaign and then a announcement that it's been delayed (laughs) <laughs> is that what you think the video is going to be yeah probably <laughs> okay well, we'll see so with that we'll transition to the main show so thanks so much for joining us this week everyone as always if you have any feedback questions or suggested topics hit us up at board with vg on twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the instagram also board with vg we're a proud part of the place of video games and psvg is on patreon we're absolutely thrilled with the support you give us there each week and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do you can go to patreon.com slash psvg but the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share a show with someone who you think would enjoy it but i do want to give a very special shout out to all of our patreon producers like edwin Callow, aj pentecost chris m devin tyus joe wilson josh borboni nick creature nick fall Haber, paul calicote rj kern stephen keller zach adams michael taylor trucker sloth and of course horse girl 69 we really do appreciate uh your support over there on the patreon we're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our, enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing lately. So, Josh, what has been you know consuming your time as of late? Can you imagine if Halo gets delayed until February? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I've been thinking about that the whole time you did the introduction. Uh, what have I been playing? Well, I will, uh, uh, where do I start? Let's start with... Uh, I put Hell Let Loose on here. I mean, we barely scratched the surface of that game. We did game, try playing Hell Let Loose. But it was so miserable <laughs> that I immediately deleted it. Uh, yeah, I actually deleted it off my console as well. I yeah. So Kyle and I got together last night to stream... Um, House of Ashes, uh, the new Dark Pictures anthology game, and we played about four thirty to forty minutes before the game just absolutely uh, 
decided it did not want it to let us play together anymore. Yeah. So we weren't able to play what we were looking forward to playing, unfortunately. So we kind of just grasped at straws and we had some shared games on our console. So the first one we tried was Hell Let Loose, which was the PS Plus, one of the PS Plus games um, for this month. Uh, not knowing anything about it, except that it was a World War II shooter. And I don't think there is a tutorial. Uh, we kind of just jumped right into a game together and it, uh, it there's no, there's no handholding. Um, no. but there's also no direction, no, which is unfortunate. And, uh, you're just kind of aimlessly wandering the map, trying to find bad guys. And by the time you do find them, they've already sniped you from <laughs> 200 meters away. Uh, it was not fun. It was frustrating. I couldn't even, I couldn't back up in a truck that we got in and I couldn't even drive it. Uh, just not great experience with that. So we were going to play arcade again, but. Uh, I confess to Kyle that I had not played Splitgate yet, so it immediately downloaded, surprisingly, uh, while we were trying to load uh, into Arcade again. So we ended up playing Splitgate for a bit, and I actually had a lot of fun. And if uh, I didn't tell you because I didn't want to ruin House of Ashes night, but I was like very sick yesterday. So that is the reason why I ended the night shorter than I planned. Uh, I'm sorry you weren't feeling well. <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, it was a digestive issue that, that happened hours before we started playing and didn't end until maybe an hour ago. Uh, so, yeah. So we played Splitgate for an hour, hour and a half, and I had a lot of fun. Uh, it really is, it truly is Halo meets Portal. And um, it was fun. There were some funny moments. Uh, I felt it made me feel good, like the way Halo makes me feel good. Like mm-hmm. it makes me feel like I'm better than I am, which is yeah. nice to have sometimes. Uh, which is why I don't compare myself on the leaderboards. I just look at how many awesome kills I got, not <laughs> who got more kills. Uh, so that was fun playing Splitgate. Um, the Gloomhaven digital game had its full release. Uh, uh, last week and uh we arranged to get myself kevin austin from P- uh kevin austin and have in and lucas was from former psvg prime fame together and we started again because i've played individually with them and you and once we all played together uh but i had a whole bunch of single games going but that was in the guild master mode which really was what I would consider um, like almost like a practice mode. It lets you do missions and stuff. Uh, um, but this is uh, almost fully narrated every, every mission. Um, and it's beat for beat the exact same way the board game plays, which is surprising to me that they did so much. But you literally start the game, you pick your character, you name your character, you choose your character's retirement objective, and you start the game in Gloomhaven. You actually get to do a Gloomhaven City event. It is read to you. You make a decision. Um, The person who starts the campaign makes the decision, but ultimately you want to like vote with your friends 
And then you go out and you do your quests and you can get curses and uh, you get your individual gold now instead of shared gold, which was in the guild master mode. Um, it was tough. Like I remember it being a lot tougher than guild master mode. In fact, I didn't think we were going to make it on the mission. We did two missions, um, but it was a heck of a lot of fun. And it really did remind me of my times playing the board game, which was really nice. Um, and I think that they, they, those two guys agreed. It was, it felt a lot different than the guild master mode. Um, so I'm excited to play more of that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, what do I want to talk about next? Okay. I want to talk about Riders Republic. So I played Riders Republic because it's, it was doing its open free to play weekend or beta weekend or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Riders Republic is very good. <laughs> And I'm very surprised to be saying that. Josh, that is what like everyone has been saying is that like Riders Republic is surprisingly good. But I have to, I have to add to that. I have to. <laughs> okay, let's see, let's hear the caveat to that though. It, I I cannot believe they're allowed to blatantly rip off Forza Horizon as much as they did in this game. This is exactly Forza Horizon Three. And I mean exactly because even the map icons are the same. They Wait, use the same icons. So when, in Forza Horizon 3, you like ski and ride bicycles. Except and you're not ski. in a car. Oh, okay. So it's not exactly Forza <laughs> they Horizon They use 3. the same type of um, uh, announcer. The gameplay style is the same. The colors are the same. The map yeah. is very similar. And the literally the literal icons that tell you where events are is the same exact icon and when you go to do a an event it's the same exact screen that they use in Forza where you choose solo or a different mode it is insane how close it is to Forza and in fact I don't even know maybe Forza has a maybe Playground doesn't know this game exists cuz <laughs> I'd be like uh, hello lawyer <laughs> uh that being said it's actually really fun I do like um, in the demo, they kind of put you through some paces just like uh, Forza does at the beginning of a Forza game. It makes you go through like the different areas of the maps. Mm -hmm. So in this one, you do in this, it starts off um, with dirt bike um, and then you go to the jet. It's not a it's not a wingsuit. It's a jet suit. Yeah. And then a, and then skiing or snowboarding. Um, and then they, you know, then you can choose them freely on the map after you like open up the essentially tutorial. But um, I would say if you like Forza, um, but maybe you're just not into cars like this is for you. Also the, the tricks are it's SSX. If you're, what you're on saying is skis and snowboards, uh, the moves are done. The tricks are done exactly the same as SSX. It feels way better than steep, way better. Um, I'm telling you, uh, Forza Horizon had a baby with humans, and this is the game. <laughs> Wait, uh, so it's like the movie Cars happened, but with cars and humans. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and okay. it's a weird, crazy, creepy hybrid. Weird. Now. Okay. okay. Uh, it's very good. I really uh, recommend it. In fact, the only reason why I won't be buying it is because it comes out so close to Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh downloaded the demo to play because the demo you can play up through tuesday and i think the game comes out wednesday or you play it wednesday game comes out thursday whichever so i downloaded it just because someone yeah it's a been... four hour trial i think yep 
So, so yeah, so I'm going to actually potentially try it after the podcast tonight. So we'll see. Yeah, it's fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then lastly, um, I got an Oculus Quest 2. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! So, yeah, um, it's kind of life-changing, <laughs> especially having played PSVR. It's amazing how much more improved it is than a PSVR. Um some subtle things like not having a cable unless you're doing the Steam link, which I'm just figuring out. There's a little bit of techno stress with it, like trying to get it hooked up with Steam and having to do these different things. But in fact, right before we started, I just got it to work on Steam um, because I had Creed and a bunch of stuff from a Humble Bundle. Oh, yeah. Um, like The Walking Dead, Onslaught and Creed and stuff like that. Um, but that being said, uh, what I... Uh, before I talk about the games, I do want to talk about the headset. Um, the remote itself is way is they're so good, and they only use a double A battery to power them, uh, and I haven't had to change them yet. Uh, full of vibration and stuff like that. The headset uh, feels really great on the head. You don't even you don't need to use headphones because it puts the audio out through the headset and it actually sounds really good. But you can hook up any headphones you have to it. Uh, it has an audio jack right on the side. Uh, it has adjustable lenses, so you can click them out or pull them in closer if it's a little blurry, mm-hmm. depending on your eyes, eye line. And then when you put the headset on, um, because it is wireless, it literally just has you draw your boundaries with the remotes, and you can mm-hmm. set your boundary to be whatever you want. Uh, you're not limited to having to be close to a TV screen or or having sensors pick it up. and it it literally puts up grids like you're in the hollow deck. Like there's just big giant blue grids. And if you get too close, even if you're in a game, it'll turn red. So you know you just put your hand through the grid or you just stepped through the grid. So it's, it has a really great sense of awareness. Um so yeah, so that is the, the headset itself. The technology is very impressive. And then I've uh, downloaded a free game, which I've now bought the full version of, which is like Extreme Roller Coasters, which is actually uh, unnerving at some points and fun. You can just ride them if you want, or you can do a shooting gallery, or you can do a race where you control the speed. But I'll tell you what, I did the one where you control the speed, and if you go too fast, you'll fly off of the uh, roller coaster track. Okay. But you're you, if you like flip or crash sideways your vision goes with it so you really feel like you just fell <laughs> if you're sitting um my son i even we even let my son do one of the roller coaster things he had a blast uh so that was a lot of fun i got the vader immortal game i've only done the training because i did it quickly as the battery was dying um but that was insanely fun uh, to just hit those training balls that are shooting lasers at you with a lightsaber. Um, the tutorial comes with this very good as well. And then uh, Beat Saber, of course, is the, right. is the first one of the first things I had to get with the the Billie Eilish pack and the Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Park packs I got. Gotcha. And then I did the 360 mode for Beat Saber. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it was insane. <laughs> I'm sure. I have no doubts. Uh, did you get the 128 gig? No, the two... 56? 56, yeah. Okay. And have you played Resident Evil 4? 
Uh, now it's on my list of games to get. It just came out okay. two days ago. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do want to get it. I just need to. Uh, it's everything is so expensive on it. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm trying to get used to. So that's why I started with the humble bundle thing I got, or or uh, maybe it was a fanatical bundle. I got nine games for fifteen bucks and Walking Dead and Creed, and then a couple right. of the big titles. Uh, but probably Tetris Effect. There's a Jurassic World game mm-hmm. and Resident Evil. Those are on the list. Yeah. I have really wanted to get a Quest 2, but you know what the one reason I haven't gotten one is yet? Hmm. Well, other than I don't, I mean, the money, obviously, and sometimes it can be hard to find. Yeah. Uh, man, that Facebook integration. You know, it doesn't, it's not too um, bad. And I actually know some people who might listen to this who just created a fake Facebook. Oh, did that uh, profile and just linked that to it? Okay. Um, but I I got it. I I was waiting. Um, and I got on Amazon Payments. I kept checking, mm-hmm. and it popped up. So I'm just paying for it in in five payments. So it's a lot easier to swallow that price point. Right. Oh, for sure. For uh, sure. So that wasn't so bad for me. But uh, I mean, it's still not cheap. But um, uh, yeah, I just was checking randomly, and one night it popped up at like midnight. And I, I didn't want to wake my wife up, so the next morning I was like, "Hey, by the way, <laughs> I bought that Oculus yesterday, last night." Because yeah. it sounds like that moving forward, that that really is going to be uh, their focus. Is they're going to be focusing on Quest Two and you know Quest Three, uh, presumably in the future, that they're getting away from their tethered devices completely. So, yeah, they're rebranding too, so to yep, focus so. more on VR. But yeah, so that's awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying it. it. Like I said, it's it's something that's kind of always been on that list there. I just uh, I just don't know if I, I can super support like going in and be like, I'm going to tie this thing to my Facebook account, which, yeah. you know, for some reason, I don't care about my, my Xbox and my PlayStation being tied to those accounts. But for some reason, just when I'm like Facebook, it just turns me off. No, I know. I know. So. It feels like giving in to the big machine, but we also yeah. support Sony and Microsoft who are our big machines. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Like I don't really know exactly why it feels worse yeah. to me, but it does in my in my mind. I'm not saying I'm not a hypocrite. <laughs> no, no, I so. agree with you. I, I actually I think I have very similar feelings, and I do understand that it does feel weird to feel differently. Well, because yeah, I mean, we don't need to get into Facebook trashing, but right, know, a company that helps promote misinformation, uh, not great. Yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, that's my long-winded all the things I've been playing. <laughs> no, that's good because I've been playing. I have not been playing much, obviously. Um, so yeah, so House of Ashes. Obviously, Josh mentioned we did stream a little bit of it. I will say though, obviously, very very frustrating that um, you know this is a issue that many people are having. It wasn't just like something you know just that we ha- ran into of, of trying to play together. You know, the part that we did play and like playing up through where we did, like I was having fun. Like yeah. it was, you know, I was having a good time up through that, and and actually interested to see where the story goes um and they definitely touch on some controversial topics like in this game like right away um you're going through some pretty having some pretty uh there's a couple points where we're like huh okay well i guess we're gonna talk about this so let's see how this goes uh so yeah i i hope that we were able to play it here in short order because i was interested in playing yeah. it and the fact that we can't is is hurtful um as far as like they're like the fact that we can't play it, like, obviously, if this goes on too long, might diminish the likelihood that we'll actually ever play the game. Right? I know. I keep thinking about that. I'm also mad yeah. that they aren't addressing it. Like, right, they just haven't said anything it. about it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and then, yeah, Hell Out Loose. Uh, I literally ran towards what I thought was the front for, like, seven <laughs> minutes and then got shot by someone who I never saw. 
and then laid on the ground for two minutes and bled out. And that was my experience with Hell Let Loose. So that was pretty great. Mm. Uh, but Splitgate was a lot of fun playing with you. Um, still really like that game. Uh, they apparently, they way back in the day when they first, because it's technically in, in beta right now, um, after it came out in beta, it was so, it did so well that they got a pretty good influx of funding, I guess which is why they kind of delayed the full release. And, and it sounds like that they are going to be come, come out of the gate swinging with the full release whenever it comes out. So um, yeah, definitely still really like that game. Um, obviously it was still installed. So having a good time there, uh, but really, like I said, just more of the same then just still playing more far cry six, still playing more Metroid dread. Maybe one day I'll finish one of the two of those games, but then obviously <laughs> we have guardians of the galaxy coming out this week. Now Riders Republic coming out this week. Um, so, and then, you know, right around the corner, then we're into November and we have Forza and we got, uh, there's something else coming out in November that I'm linking on right now, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how this is all going to happen because <laughs> it clearly isn't already, so I don't know how I'm going to prioritize, but we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. So with that then, Josh, let's move on to the topics of the show. What's your first topic this week? Okay. Well, I wasn't I wasn't going to talk about this. It, it came in my – I got an email about this. I don't even know how I'm on these people's email address, <laughs> email-like thing. And it wasn't our email. It was my email. Oh, wow. Okay. So I kind of looked at it, dismissed it, and then I saw it pop up on Dicebreaker. So I was like, okay, let's talk about this. So there's the game on Kickstarter currently. Let me see how they're doing. Uh, they have fully funded. Oh, oh, they funded. They can't. It got canceled. It got canceled. It did Funding get canceled. Canceled. What is the reason? This doesn't seem to be working. Uh, I write with a heavy heart. So it's stay tuned. We're significantly below the fifty thousand dollar goal. So the screen printed meeples. Oh, additionally, only had two entries for Warhammer Search Goal. It's clear something about the game campaign is not resonating with people. Somehow things aren't just lining up. I'd love for you to comment below with your thoughts. Is it our hedge header idea? Does page look not professional? Oh no! So they gave up even without going into it. Uh, maybe it'll be coming back out. They passed their goal, so I don't understand why they canceled it. <laughs> this is where I think we have the conversations all the time about on Kickstarter of like, you have your funding goal, but then yeah. you have all of your like, um, why am I blank? Stretch goals. My gosh, I don't know why that was so hard. Yeah. And it's like your stretch goals are actually what your true funding goals are, right? Like, they didn't so plan basically that, right? that's what they admitted is that, like, hey, yeah, we had a funding goal, which we hit, but we were way below the stretch goals. So we're just going to cancel the project. Yeah, don't put them in stretch goals, man. They wanted $50,000 in the first 24 hours to unlock. Yeah. Like, that's too much. You don't, you, you don't ask for that. Interesting. Well, let's talk about it anyways, because I have it as my notes, so just do it quicker. Uh, it's called Rocket Cats. It was a game for 1 to 13 players inspired. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, inspired by Worms or Scorched Earth, if you're that old, um, where it's a programming game of cats playing on a battlefield uh, in battle. Uh, in battle On a battlefield in battle? That makes sense. <laughs> Uh, the art looks really cool. The meeples looked cool. Um, it has dry erase markers and double-sided game boards and weapons and expansion packs. Um, 
it was up on Tabletop Simulator. <laughs> it probably still is. Uh, it just sounded very interesting. I didn't. I wouldn't. I wasn't going to get it because it just wouldn't be playable. I don't have people to play this with. Right. Um, but it looked interesting. Like I don't know that I've seen or played a lot of programming games. Yeah. And if people don't know what I mean by that, like you have your hand and uh, you are uh, picking the movements your characters are going to do, but then you flip them down so people can't see them and you play out the order of events that your cards had and hope that they do do what you wanted them to do. So you're trying to predict the movement of the other players um, and ultimately like shoot them off the board or kill them or whatever the goal was. Uh, so it's interesting to see them kind of back out uh, when they had so much more time to go. Um, but it did seem interesting. So, uh, rest in peace, Rocket Cats. <laughs> Sorry if this sounded interesting to you, because uh, you can't get it now. <laughs> wow, this is such an interesting... Yeah, okay, so... And never mind, it wasn't even a stretch goal for the $50,000. Literally, they had a goal that if they reached $50,000 in the first 24 hours, you would unlock new cat meeples. Yeah. But it wasn't like a stretch goal, per se. It was just like, hey, we have to do this in the first day. But that seems so much when your goal was $5,000. On the day, the first update says, first of all, we have funded. (laughs) A huge thank you to everyone who believed in this project and was within the first at this moment on 111 backers. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's really interesting to see that that happens. So I'm wondering if there's more to the story than just um, being shy of that $50,000 goal. Because to expect $50,000 on your first day, I think for any project, is crazy. Even if you can hit it. That seems crazy. Yeah. Like, unless you're Simon or, you know very very few select other board game places who go through kickstarter like 50k in a day is a lot yeah wow okay this is just i'm actually really glad you brought this up i'm not glad that the campaign got canceled i just this is a really interesting just situation the people in the comments are confused as well right <laughs> yeah it seems weird it and I, like I said, not, I'm not saying that the contents of the box isn't worth it, but the price being $45 for me was just a little higher than I would have anticipated sure. based on what the game is. Yeah. But again, I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm not saying that they didn't make the value there based off of what was in the box. Just for me, I would have guessed like $35 or $40, um, which I know isn't a significant amount of difference. But when I saw that, I was just like, oh, okay, that's more than I anticipated it would be. And I don't think that's ever a, a good thing, right? Right. So, yeah. But because I think also I've been looking at, um, oh, shoot, Verdant, Verdant, Verdant. Yeah. It's the new game that has best mobile artwork that's on Kickstarter right now. Um, You know, like their entry point is like $29, I think. Yeah. And so for me, when I looked at that game, I was like, oh, this looks like a really nice game, like great art, like good stuff in the box. I was like, oh, like, you know, 35, 40 bucks. And then it was 30. I was like, oh, pleasantly surprised, even though it's still a five dollar difference, like one direction. Right. Like them being like five dollars over is immediately like, oh, it's more than I thought. It's amazing how the mind works on things like that. Well, 
Josh, anything else about this? About Rocket Cats? Uh, I didn't expect this to happen, so no. I mean, it is weird that this happened, and someone someone said, I can understand wanting to try to manipulate the Kickstarter engine, but not being transparent to your backers is a huge red flag to me. Uh, this makes me worry wary about any future project you launch now. Uh, so I don't know what happened. <laughs> You yeah. funded right away, so it definitely feels odd to call it a failure and cancel. You should set an honest funding goal for the outset. Uh, they said, yeah, you're completely right, Joe. We tried to be transparent and honest, but this goal wasn't either. Kickstarter filters you up to more people by how much you beat your goal by. We were trying to get the Kickstarter engine working for us. So they were... Oh. They lowered their goal, to hope to blow it out of the water so that they could get more eyes on their project, and that is not... Oh, a smart move. Yeah, that makes sense then as to why that goal was so low. Because I was like, man, that seems real, real low. Yeah, well, there you go. They tried to beat the system and it bit them in the butt. That's right. They even included a... Oh, this is Dice Baker, dice never mind. I was like, why did they include a trailer for worms? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Any other? Anything else then, Josh? Yeah, play the game. Don't try to beat the system. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so... Awesome. All right, Josh. So my first topic this year, this year, wow, because I was looking at the Golden Joystick Awards for 2021. This week, my first topic is the Golden Joystick Awards 2021. The full list of nominees have been announced as well as the ability to go out and vote. Um, so just so you know, you know, as a reminder, the Golden Joysticks um, are an award show slash an award um, done by the folks over at Games Radar. Um, and there's lots of ways to participate and vote, but you know, Josh have, and I, I think I've done this every year since we've done this podcast, we've gone yeah. through, um, and picked who we both think is going to win and who we want to win each category. So for each category, it might be the same game that we say, uh, but we're kind of giving two perspectives on who we think will win and who we want to win as we go through. Um, I did look through these ahead of time and I'm actually for the most part, reasonably impressed because I actually have, uh, reasonable thoughts in most categories this year there's definitely been years in the past where i haven't had um a lot to say in certain categories and there's still definitely a couple where i am you know don't haven't participated in all of the games or many of the games but for this year i'm actually pretty happy because i feel like i can give some insight um on many of the games and many of the categories this year so josh you ready to talk about the golden joysticks i'm ready all right so to start we're gonna go with kind of you know in the order that they have them on their website so it does kind of i don't want to go in reverse order but smaller awards to bigger awards kind of i guess but anyway best storytelling the nominees life is strange true colors psychonauts 2 wilder myth 12 minutes chicory a colorful tale which is a game i still want to play and tales of arise so josh Best storytelling, any of those jumping out at you? Have you played many of them? What are your thoughts? Did you skip best audio? Because I just had that first, and now storytelling second. Oh, no. Here's my question. Did you click here to vote, or did yes. you? are you just looking at the list? Oh, oh no. I clicked I... to vote. Wait a second. Oh, yeah. I'm just looking at the list, so okay, okay, that's okay, why. Okay. That's yep. fine. Uh, I've only played uh, <laughs> 12 minutes on this list, and I would have okay. not picked this game to win that. Okay. Um. Oh, I played I played Psychonauts two for a little bit, a few a few hours. Mm-hmm. I really like the story in Psychonauts two. It seems interesting, but I didn't play the first one, so I don't have an attachment to it. Uh, I mean, I've heard good things about Life is Strange, but I don't have necessarily a dog in this fight. Gotcha. 
If you so, who do you think is going to win then? Since you don't necessarily think you can pick one that you would want to, I'm going to guess Tales from Arise will win. Or oh, Tales okay. of Arise, just because it seems to be one of those uh, games that is uh, outside of my comfort zone, and I'm usually out of touch with the audience who's voting and things like that. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so for me, like I said, Chicory a Colorful Tales is a game I really still want to play before the end of the year. Um, but of these, I've played Tales of Arise. I've played Life is Strange. Uh, I know quite a bit, I guess, about Psychonauts 2 um, and 12 Minutes. I kind of actually know the whole story for 12 Minutes because I decided I didn't want to well, play Well, I know the whole story, too. I yeah. did look. I did listen, I did, uh, listen to it. I don't know it. that I would vote for it either based off of that. Yeah. Um, so I would. Lo- I hope Chicory, A Colorful Tale, wins just from what I know about it. I, I think it would be really, really cool for that game to win. But I think Life is Strange is going to win, and that would technically be my pick is Life is Strange True Colors. Because okay. from what I've played with, of that, I really enjoy it. I do think it is taking Life is Strange um, to the next level, if you would. Uh, so I, I hope they get recognized for that because I do think it is a really good story so far. I'm not quite done with it yet, but I, I do really enjoy it. So, all right. Next, then, best multiplayer game Deathloop, It Takes Two, Chivalry 2, Back for Blood, Valheim, and Naraka Blade Point. Josh, best multiplayer game. Your thoughts? Uh, uh, I've played some of them. Yeah, you played multiple of them. I have played multiple of them. Uh, I'm trying just to get back to a point where there's the list I can look at. Where's the list? Oh, if you just click on the main link that I sent you, you need to scroll down. Oh, now that okay. Um, I don't consider Deathloop a multiplayer game. I know that it is. Right. Um, I've played Naraka. I actually really enjoyed Naraka. Played Back for Blood. I haven't played it with friends though, so I'm not going to count for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick a game, I would pick It Takes Two because not only did we play a little bit of it, but I know how important that game is with multiplayer. Yep. So I would I would probably pick that out of all those. I would also pick It Takes Two, both from what I hope to win and what I think will win. Um, is It Takes Two, obviously Back for Blood, and you know people are saying it's great, especially when you play it multiplayer. Same with Valheim. Like there's a lot of really cool experiences there, but I think It Takes Two just really surprised a lot of people with how good it is and the fact that it's multiplayer like how you play the game changes constantly and what you're asked to do in your multiplayer gameplay is completely different and it has to be two of you right there has to be two of you playing in order to progress through the game so for me it takes two is kind of a slam dunk in this category but who knows what you know i i think that'll win but but none of these would really surprise me especially with the um with the golden joysticks i feel like their awards tend to be a little more the award winners tend to be a little more unique or, or not things that you can necessarily predict as well as some of the other ones. So, yeah. All right. Best visual design Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Psychonauts 2, The Artful Escape, Little Nightmares 2, Hitman 3, and Genesis Noir. Josh, thoughts on best visual design? I mean, for me, it would be between Ratchet and Clank and Psychonauts 2. And I think, I just think that Psychonauts 2 goes up. A- a little bit above and beyond as far as like the artsiness of it. It's definitely more Tim Burton-y, mm-hmm. Coraline-y kind of thing. While I think that Ratchet and Clank looks great and there's so much, there's a lot going on. Um, I just think Psychonauts 2 is a little bit more adventurous in that category. Excuse me. I think that Hitman 3 is kind of a unique. Yeah. entry on this list to me and i do think there are other games that 
could be on here that aren't. Uh, specifically, oh shoot, the EA indie game that you roll dice. Oh, um, uh, random dice, uh, uh, the random, uh, lost and random, lost and random. <laughs> yeah. I think that for me, seems like a really, I don't want to say shoe in, but it seems like it would have been a, a good pick here or a good entry here. Yeah. Um, Artful Escape is, I haven't played it, but obviously just in looking at that game, it's, it's very striking. cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, obviously Ratchet and Clank, I think looks pretty incredible. Uh, Psychonauts 2 also really nice visual style there with what it's going for. I like your pick for Psychonauts 2. Like, I personally would pick Ratchet and Clank mostly because, you know, I'm a PlayStation stand and I think Ratchet and Clank is great. Uh, but I think Psychonauts 2 will win. So, but I'm picking for me, Ratchet and Clank, Psychonauts 2 for the win, though. All right, Josh, best indie game uh, Death's Door, Chicory, a Colorful Tale, Old World, Wildermyth, Bonfire Peaks, and Sable. Josh, what are your thoughts on the best indie game? I think this might be the first year I've never played an indie game nominated. It isn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sable's on Game Pass. So yeah, I, I tried playing it, but it was broken when I tried oh, that's it. that's right. So maybe that should tell you. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to, I think that it's going to go to Death Store, a game I do still want to play. So I'm going to yeah. guess on Death Store. I also think Death Store is going to win. Uh, people really seem to love that game. Uh, I want to play it still. I just haven't gotten into it, especially with obviously everything else going on. My goodness gracious, so many things, so many games. Uh, but Chicory, again, is a game that, ah, man, I wish I had played that game. Um, but yeah, I think Death Store is going to take it. So, All right, next one, randomly thrown in here at this point, I guess. Studio of the Year, <laughs> yeah. IO Interactive, Arcane... Housemark, Double Fine, Capcom, and Drachneck and Friends. Josh, who do you think is going to take Studio of the Year? Uh, it could be any of them. So I'm going to pick Housemark, but it could be any of them. Why do you pick Housemark? I think we saw this giant leap forward for them as a studio with this big... I, we can't call it a first-party game, but it definitely feels like it. With this really big, huge next-gen game um, that I don't know that any game has matched. Uh, what's the word I want to use? No, all these other games that have come out have been expectedly good, and mm-hmm. every and they kind of met the target set for them. I think that. Like, like we knew Ratchet and Clank was going to be good. Yeah. Right. We knew um, Deathloop was going to be like Dishonored. No one, uh, we did not know what Returnal was going to be like. And yeah. I think that they really blew expectations out of the water. So I would vote for them just for sheer. Hitman is Hitman, right? It's still a good game, but it's not. And they shouldn't, I'm not saying they should be penalized for that or not acknowledged for that, but Double Fine, they did a Psychonauts game. We know. Right. Right? Like Capcom. They do Capcom games. They did a Monster Hunter game. So I really think um, that I would go with Housemark for just kind of being unique and stepping outside their comfort zone and putting out a great game. Yeah. Uh, Jack Nick and Friends, I think, are the Bonfire Peaks developers who we just talked about for best indie game. Yeah. Uh, but I but I agree with you. I would pick Housemark just because of pretty much everything you said that they um, – th- I think this game was the biggest growth 
of a studio from any of their games. You're right that like Psychonauts 2, amazing game. It's just it is Double Fine making a new Psychonauts that's obviously bigger and more polished and things than they'd had the opportunity to previously. But I think Housemark is the studio that went and did something that really set themselves apart and showed their growth as a studio with their newest game compared to the rest of these who are made great games, but games in similar veins to exactly what they had done before, which is why I agree. I think Housemark should get it. Um, and I don't know that games radars, the golden joysticks are tend to be like European slanted. Yeah. Um, but I think if you, you know, look at some of the game picks for some of the things, I think you can see that. And obviously Housemark being, European studio, I think, might help them in that as well. But who knows? But yeah, that would be my pick as well. Best game expansion, Ghost of Tsushima, Iki Island, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Episode Intermission, The Outer Worlds, Murder of Eridanos, Sims 4, Cottage Living, Super Mario, Bowser's Fury, and Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods Part 2. Josh, best game expansion where you where you leaning okay so technically i haven't played any of these um i do have super mario bowser's fury but i never played the original game so i i've only played that portion of the game i haven't played the expansion part uh, uh i haven't got to iki island yet and ghost of tsushima and i didn't spring on final fantasy because i had to start my whole game all over again so I was going to wait to get that. So I'm only going to vote based off of uh, a bias. So I vote for Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotcha. So, yeah, I have a couple of these that I have played parts of, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, Ghost of Tsushima and Final Fantasy VII. Um, I am going to pick, though, that I think the winner is going to be The Outer Worlds Murder on Eridanos. Number one, I think that's the coolest name of any of the expansions. I don't know if that counts, but that's a cool thing to say. But number two, The Outer Worlds has been a huge... Like, there are people who absolutely love the game. And those yeah. people who really like Outer Worlds uh, typically never stop talking about The Outer Worlds. And as a result of that, I think they're going to come out in force to support this expansion. Um, I would probably vote for Iki Island, but again, you know, I, I haven't played Cottage Living for Sims. I haven't played The Ancient Gods Part 2 and things like that. But I also haven't heard a ton about those, whereas the Iki Island expansion and the Murder on Eridanos are the two things I've heard a ton about. Granted, Outer Worlds, uh, super, like, that expansion came out pretty recently, so I think that's part of the reason it's in the zeitgeist so much right now. But um, I would vote for Iki Island, but I think Murder on Eridanos is going to win. Uh, mobile game of the year. This is one of the categories where I cannot say I've played any of these. Josh, have you played any of the mobile game of the year winners or nominees? Uh, I have not. I've heard just incredible things about Fantasian, though. Okay. So that would uh, be my so, guess. Yeah. So the, the nominees are Clap Hands Golf, Fantasian, Overboard, Elba, A Wildlife Adventure, Cozy Grove, and League of Legends Wild Rift. I've heard of all of these, um, which is not super usual because i'm not super plugged into the mobile game market but i have actually heard of all of these uh but yeah fantasian is the one that stands out the most for me as well just people really seem to like that game so that's where we're both sitting so let's just yeah. move on because we're not mobile game people so much even though we both play mobile we games, play mobile games a lot <laughs> right. so anyway uh best audio uh the nominees are returnal jet the far shore sable little nightmares 2 Resident Evil Village, and The Artful Escape. I think it's been a very good year in video game audio this year, Josh. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts? Who do you think takes this one? A lot of good nominee nominees there. Um, I think it has to be Returnal, just even with the integration with the DualSense controller. Just uh, 
especially when you don't know what to expect and you first get into it. And you, I think I was just very surprised with how much of the game audio is through the controller. Yeah. Um, I actually bought Returnal for my cousin who's quarantining because he has COVID. So I sent it to him because um, he has a PS5. He, t- he texts me. Deathloop is a horrible game and I hate it. And I was like, oh, I feel bad because he must have bought it to play during his quarantine. So I shipped him Returnal because you can't gift games on the PlayStation Store. You can't, which is very annoying. I hope they change that um, at some point. Yeah. So I, I really think that Returnal's audio is incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Even Resident Evil Village is really good, but Returnal. Yeah, I s- man, I still need to play that game too. Uh, I've heard that the audio in Jet the Far Shore is the by far best thing about that game. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've heard it's very, very good though. Uh, I'm going to, I would vote for Returnal, but I think potentially the Artful Escape might take it here. I know that obviously for that game, I don't want to say audio is everything, but audio is a obviously major significant portion of the gameplay for that game. Um, so I'm going to think, I think the Artful Escape will win, but I personally would vote for Returnal. Next category, best performer. <clears throat> Apologies ahead of time for anyone's name that I mess up. Uh, Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn in Deathloop. Erica Mori as Alex Chen in Life is Strange True Colors. Maggie Robertson as Big Tall Vampire Lady in Resident Evil Village. Uh, Ozi- oh boy. Ozioma Agaka as Juliana Blake in Deathloop. Jennifer Hale as Rivet and Ratchet and Clank. And Elijah Wood as Gristol Nick the Post Guy in Psychonauts 2. Josh. Most of these gay, most of these probably, if you haven't played it, you've at least heard some of the voice acting. Yeah. Uh, where are you sitting? You know, uh, I want to be able to, well, obviously I love Jennifer Hale, right? So like I want yeah. to vote for her, but uh, man, I love Elijah Wood. Um, I think Mabby, Maggie Robertson playing uh, Lady D, D, Lady D. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, she's really good, but she's just not in the game enough for me. So I would have to go. I I really really enjoy Jason Kelly's voice acting in Deathloop. Yeah, it is very um, good. so I would I would vote for him. But I, yeah. I'm gonna guess that Maggie Robertson wins. Gotcha. I agree. Jason Kelly is very very good in Deathloop. Uh, that was one of the things I really did enjoy about the game, even though I kind of fell off it. Still meaning to go back to it, though I might have to start completely over because I don't remember the controls anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed the voice acting. Period. So you know, both of them um, who are nominated, I think. Very, very deserving. I am going to throw my hat behind, though, Erica Mori for as Alex Chen in Life is Strange. Um, just really nice job of really, really challenging, like, stuff to, like, act out in a video game. Like, heavy, heavy topics and, and things that are being covered there and, and does a, an amazing job. So that's where I am going to vote. But I think, man, I think Maggie might win, just like you said, like... Resident Evil Village and especially her character were are still such a regular like topic of conversation that I, I think it's hard to get away from that. And yeah. not to discredit her performance at all. Um, I just think because of that and how much um, in the the uh, conversation in general that game still is, I, I think is going to be uh, help her be victorious there. So best game community, Josh, Final Fantasy 14, No Man's Sky. Dreams, Monster Hunter Rise, Destiny 2, and Magic the Gathering Arena, which seems really <laughs> weird to me. Uh, but Josh, best game community. Uh, I don't know that we're super significant parts of any of these communities, uh, but what do you think from just what you hear? Who do you think has got the best community out there? I mean, I used to be a huge part of the Destiny community, but that has not happened uh, for right. a while. Um, I 
I don't hear enough about dreams. I have to assume there's a great community. I just it just doesn't get talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's a great community behind Monster Hunter Rise, but honestly, I I would have to vote for the community that actually kept the game alive, and that ha- I would have to pick No Man's Sky. Like this is a community that has proven eight expansions worth of new content. <laughs> yeah. Like That's they're true. still supporting these people because these people are playing this game and yeah. they're, they're just doing incredible things and they can build bases now. And some of the things I've seen look incredible. And every time I see a new trailer for like No Man's Sky Frontiers or No Man's Sky Next or whatever they're doing, it's always focused on community driven stuff. So as much as I know Destiny 2 has a great community, um, and it will probably win. Uh, or or Monster Hunter will win, but I really think um, that No Man's Sky community is is pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, I like you said the Dreams community, though I am m- much on the fringe of as I look at Dream stuff all the time, but I really haven't played it much as- at all lately. Uh, I did when it came out a little bit, but what that community can do and how they support themselves and the fact that they have like an award show and like all this yeah. stuff like just for those creations, I, I think for me. That seems like the best game community because they are very invested in helping one another create the you know their dreams basically right. Uh, but like you, I think Destiny Two will win. But I think honestly, really Final Fantasy fourteen again a game that was basically DOA when it first came out. Yeah. Um, and a, a fan base that is stuck by their No Man's Sky dreams. Like to me, those are the three most deserving. Um, from my per- outsider perspective, but I, I do think like you said that Destiny Two will win. So, all right. So now getting into the. Uh, a little bit bigger, more, I don't want to say meaningful, but my categories with a little more gravitas, if you would. PC game of the year. Josh, you and I are both PC gamers, quote unquote. We play yeah. some games on PC. Uh, so the nominees are Wildermyth, Chivalry 2, Old World, Hitman 3, Pathfinder, and The Forgotten City. Josh, what do you think is going to win PC game of the year? It's funny because I'm looking at the screenshot of Hitman 3 and it's reminding me of how impressive that game really is. And it just seems yeah. to get skirted under the rug. Um, and it makes me want to go back and play it some more. Um, you know, I don't have – I have played Pathfinder but not the Pathfinder that is nominated here. I have played Hitman 3. But because it's PC Game of the Year, I'm going to have to go with the one I hear the most about. So I'm going to guess it's going to be Chivalry 2. Oh. Okay. That is not what I anticipated you going with. Any is it just because of how much you I just heard it? so many people talk about how great it is. Um and I probably I missed the boat on chivalry also, so um I mean really it's like battle simulator, right? Like you're fighting yeah. first person battles, but people seem to love it to death, so um that's I'm just gonna go out on a limb and guess that that's what it will be. I think that's a really good pick. You're you're totally spot on that. Uh, games like Pathfinder, which I hear a ton about, uh, obviously, you know, Hit- Hitman Three looks absolutely amazing, and and is a is a game that I don't know that enough people talk about. And you know, as we're getting to the end of the year here, is going to be a game that's easily forgotten. I think when we get to you know end of the year rewards and all that other stuff, um, you know. <laughs> Old World, I, I think that's a game that I thought, and maybe I'm wrong, I thought Old World was a, a 2020 game? Oh, it might be. You know, I wouldn't be surprised with some of these things getting yeah. nominated. 
but I could be totally wrong. But I think what's going to win is the game that for a while was like the zeitgeist of anything. And it's kind of funny because it's basically a mod. Uh, and that's the Forgotten City. Yeah. People absolutely seem to love that game um, and, and really uh, love their time with it, the decisions they get to make and kind of what that game means for everyone, everything. So I'm going to go ahead and vote the Forgotten City is a game I do want to play as well. But yeah, that's my vote there. Uh, PlayStation Game of the Year, Josh. Returnal, Deathloop, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, Death Stranding, Director's Cut, or Arcana, Bridge of Spirits. What do you think is going to take PlayStation Game of the Year? Sorry, I got distracted. I'm trying to look up a video of Forgotten City because I have no clue what this game is. Uh, I, you know, I kind of went back and forth on how much I like Resident Evil Village, which I, I like it a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not my favorite Resident Evil game. Yeah. You know? Uh, in fact, I guess I'm going to be playing my favorite Resident Evil game in VR soon. <laughs> That's true. So that'll be interesting. And it's not Resident Evil 7. <laughs> um, I think I would, I just, I, I just have to go with the game I had the most fun with, and it's Ratchet and Clank. Like, I didn't play Returnal enough. I played a ton, but I got yeah. so frustrated. Um, with a lack of progress I was making, uh, that I have to revisit it. Um, but I really enjoyed Ratchet and Clank for everything that it was. Um, fun story, fun gameplay, and it really turned me around on platformers, mm-hmm. uh, a genre I don't like, and even had me try Psychonauts too, because I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I do like platformers again. Um, so it'll always have that for me, like making me. Being so good of a platformer that it made me doubt the fact that I don't like platformers. <laughs> so, are you saying that uh, you have discovered that you love platformers now? No, I don't think that that's the case. I oh, think okay. <laughs> I think that it's so good that it makes me think I like platformers because I've tried a few platformers since then and I don't like them. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, this is a tough one because I mean, and, and not just from. My, I, I think that is a really good list of games. Like, that's a fun year of games right there. Uh, but I think Ratchet & Clank, for me, is definitely the winner as well. Um, I think it'll be interesting if Deathloop wins that, you know, the best game on PlayStation was a Microsoft Studio game. But That would be good for yeah, Microsoft, actually. It would be good for Microsoft. That way they could actually, you know, win <laughs> They're probably the hoping the same thing. I guess. <laughs> win, win. So, but yeah, I think Ratchet & Clank just hands down is the, has been the best experience and the most fun I had on PlayStation this year. So I, for me, that is also the winner. And it is what I generally think is going to win. Um, so we'll see. Uh, is it Forgotten game City game. a walking simulator? What is this? What's that? What is, Forgotten what? City, it's a it's based off of a Skyrim mod. Ugh, okay, that's why I'm not liking any of this. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a Sky... It is it is the full game of a Skyrim mod, so... Okay, all right. That makes yeah. more sense. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nintendo game of the year, new Pokemon Snap. Which, by the way, let me just say, I feel like that came came and went, and like no one, like it was like really excited for like two yeah. days, and then I never heard about it again. Granted, I'm not as plugged into Nintendo, but like pretty much all the rest of these, I feel like I heard. My about wife's more. still playing it. They just put out an update with some new oh, areas, they? but uh, cool. yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely it didn't meet the hype. With how yeah, with how excited everyone was about it when they was announced, I just thought we'd still be talking about it like yeah, 
you know, look at this picture of Pikachu right. I took yesterday. Yeah. It's so cool. Uh, <laughs> Neo, the world ends with you. Monster Hunter Rise, Bravely Default 2, WarioWare, Get It Together, and Metroid Dread. Josh, what do you think is your Nintendo game <laughs> of the year? Well, I've only played, and actually, I haven't played a new Pokemon Sap. I've watched someone play it. Um, I haven't played any of these games, which, should, which will surprise no one who listens to our podcast. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to have to go with Metroid Dread based off of the hype it's been getting. Uh, I think either that or Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, but I'm going to go, I'm, uh, even though I, I haven't watched yet, but I saw Adam Sessler put out like a 32-minute video about why he hates Metroid Dread. Oh. I'm like, ooh, I got to watch it. <laughs> yeah. there. Metroid Dread is the perfect example of a game that has extremely high highs and extremely low lows. Yeah. So it's whether or not those highs are good enough to overcome the drawbacks for you. Because there are parts of that game that are just downright frustrating. There's sure. no. It's not like, oh, well, what? I mean, there are things that you're just like, why are you making me do this this way? It's just super frustrating. But the highs of the game are really, really good. Um, and the feeling and the sense of accomplishment you have when you move on and progress and get through tough bosses and things like that is great. I think it really just kind of depends on where that balance is for every person. Uh, for me, I'm still really liking the game, but there are times that I am like have wanted to throw my Switch across the room, <laughs> uh, which is dangerous because you Well, that sounds like that. every Metroid game ever, That's so true. it That's seems true. appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would also vote for Metroid Dread because... You know, I'm pretty positive this game is going to be on my top 10 list. It might be in my top five list wow. for the year. Um, Maybe so I have to we'll, play this game before the end of the year. <laughs> so we'll see exactly where it ends up. But um, yeah, I think Metroid Dread is a really good game. Uh, despite its shortfalls, I think overall still a really, really great experience. So, okay. All right. Xbox game of the year. Lost Judgment, The Ascent, Psychonauts 2, Microsoft Flight Simulator, The Artful Escape, and 12 minutes now josh this is a really interesting category because like <laughs> yes it is <laughs> where the where the timeline gets cut off for uh xbox is very interesting because next year's is going to be a banging group of games for xbox i'm not saying that there aren't some good ones in here but like if you just know what's on the horizon here um yeah this is going to be a an interesting year ne- list next year but for this year josh based off the timeline for this this yeah. year what would you pick the fact that they didn't put microsoft flight simulator in the pc game of the year is uh, astounding to me. I'm like, I can't pick it for Xbox. It's fine on Xbox. It is nowhere near as good as it is on PC. Yeah. So I can't pick it as much as I want to. But I honestly feel like it's the only Xbox game on that list. (laughs) And I know that's not not true. I know there are Xbox games there. Um, I didn't like The Ascent. Um, You know, I haven't gotten into Yakuza is Last Judgment, right? Yeah, the, yep, so, the studio. Yep. I haven't gotten into it, but I really like. I'm listening to the How Did This Get Played podcast, and they played Yakuza Year Zero. Yeah. Or Year of the Dragon, whatever one they played. Um, and they all fell in love with the game, and it makes me want to try it. Yeah. Um, so, Lost so Judgment really, is. Ba- yeah, Lost Judgment <laughs> is a spinoff series where you play like a detective, and so you have some like detective-y stuff and things like that. So it's different than Yakuza, but like same studio. Combat is like the old Yakuza combat, not like the two new turn-based stuff that they have in yeah. like the Dragon. So um, I played the first uh, Judgment game, and it was a lot of fun. I haven't yeah. played Lost Judgment yet, but Judgment was great. I might add, I'll, maybe I'll add Yakuza to my Extra Life uh, selection of games to try. Um I played Artful Escape. I played a bunch of it. It's it's a fun game. Uh, I don't know that it's game of the year, so I think I have to go with Psychonauts 2. And I'm just basing it off of 
I don't know, the five or six hours I played with that game. Yeah, I think Psychonauts 2, for me in this list, is a pretty clear winner. Not that Lost Judgment isn't a great game, but I think just when I think of Xbox games, you know, and granted, PlayStation has some on the list, too, that were third party. Just Psychonauts 2 is very, very much like the Xbox game of the year for me from this list. Uh, And I think... There are a lot of people who Psychonauts 2 is going to be in their top five games of the year, period. So, obviously, for, I, I think it's a really easy pick as far as Xbox game of the year. Yeah. Uh, best gaming hardware, Josh. <laughs> PS5, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S. Same console. NVIDIA, <laughs> NVIDIA GeForce <laughs> RTX 3080, Nintendo Switch OLED, WD Black SN850 and NVMe SSD. They put SSD as best gaming they hardware. They did. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, what's the best gaming hardware? It's the PS5. I mean, there's no doubt about it. As much as I want it to be the Series X, I uh-huh. really do. Um, the PS5, it blows everything out of the water uh, in almost just with the controller. So yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that anything touches it. And I get putting the NVIDIA on here. I get that part. I don't get the hard drive. Um, and that'd be peripheral, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or right. a, I don't know what it would be considered. Um, you know, I've heard great things from Donnie about the OLED, and it does actually really look very impressive. Um, but it has to be the—I mean, it's the PS5, even though it looks like a giant, ugly building <laughs> that takes over my skyline of my entertainment center. Uh, I did get to put Horizon decals on it, so it makes me feel a little bit go. better about it. There you go. <laughs> Uh, it, I'll, this I know people are going to say this isn't true, but if it wasn't for the controller, that's what makes me pick the PS5. If yeah. it wasn't for that, I would pick the Xbox Series S because I, I think yeah, what that's that console can do. Call. Yeah, yeah, I think what that console can do for the price point and for the power that it is in there, that thing is like bang for your buck, an amazing piece of hardware. Like it really, really is. <sighs> yeah, you're right. So. I changed so my answer like, to the Xbox Series S. You're 100 yeah. percent correct. <laughs> so, and I think I genuinely think that might win just because of what it offers for the package that it is. Like, it's really hard. Like, obviously, you get a jump when you go from Series S to Series X or Series S to PS5. Like, obviously, there's a jump there. Yeah. But I think for the price difference, it's a pretty small jump. Yeah, it's very right? narrow. Like, it's not yeah. like a console generation jump. Yeah, for sure. So that's what I would say. All right, the Still Playing Award, and we're getting to the end here, listener, I promise. Three more categories. <laughs> still Playing Award, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Final Fantasy XIV, Destiny 2, GTA Online, Genshin Impact, Fortnite, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, Rocket League, and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. So, Josh, yeah. what's going to win for the Still Playing Award? Well, I have to imagine Rainbow Six Siege is going to win. I would vote for Apex Legends. Um... Or Destiny 2, but I feel like Rainbow Six Siege will win. This is always an interesting category to me because it's like, what are you still playing like the best game that we're still playing? Or like the game that is like the most staying power? You know, like what are we really saying about this? I think the, it you know has to be the best game. I think it just has to be the best game, um, which includes content updates, right? And right. I'm not, no hate on Call of Duty Warzone, but they're, they do some small additions and changes. But they're not changing maps. They they have a Halloween event going on, right? Um, which is nice. But if you look at Rainbow Six Siege, they're constantly adding, adding, adding. Yeah. Uh, if you look at 
Destiny 2, always adding new content. Apex Legends, new maps, new characters. And they're not yeah. just skins, they're new characters. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where they get the edge over things like Warzone or GTA Online or Final Fantasy. Fortnite could win too, because they do so much with the community. Uh, so I don't really know who's going to win, because I, honestly, I'm just not in touch with the communities of the games I'm not playing. Yeah. One of the things that is surprising to me that's not on this is Valorant. And maybe it's because I don't think it's technically fully out yet. Yeah, I don't hear much about Valorant, though. Like, I agree with you that it seems like it should be up there, but and I don't see people e talking about it. In the esports world, it's still really talked about. Yeah, yeah. So I and maybe that's where I'm, you know, focusing more of my energies because that's why, like, my initial gut with this was to go to Warzone, just because the number of people who are still playing Warzone is insane. Sure. Um, but obviously, yeah, when you look from a content standpoint, it's different. But like the fact that they have like released game trailers for Call of Duty, like in Warzone, which just from a number of eyes on something perspective is yeah, huge, right? Because yeah. Call of Duty, biggest game in the world type stuff, or close to biggest game in the world type stuff. Uh, but I don't know that I, like, I, part of me is like, well, I'm not still playing it, so how good can it be? Um, but yeah, concerts I, in Fortnite, you have yeah, world-changing yeah. events in Fortnite. You know what? I'm going to go on a different limb here. I'm going to pick Genshin Impact. <laughs> That's really where I'm You're going. You're hoping the, the Western audience helps you out in the votes on this one? <laughs> well, I just think that that Genshin Impact is still is making money hand over fist. They are yeah. updating the game constantly, and the people who play Genshin Impact love Genshin Impact. So I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go on a limb and pick Genshin Impact to win. I tried to play. I couldn't play as Aloy. I know that she's available, but I don't know how to get her. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think you have to play for a little bit before you can get her, but yeah. like not a super long time. So, <laughs> all right, Josh. What I think might be a very fun conversation: most <laughs> yes, wanted game. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok, Horizon yeah. Forbidden West, yeah. Halo Infinite, Marvel's Midnight Suns, GTA 5 Enhanced Edition, Skate 4, so apparently we're putting like 2027 games on the list, <laughs> uh, Elden Ring, Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Starfield, Gotham Knights, but not anything about killing the Justice League. So Josh, most wanted game from that list, what yeah. is your vote? I also know Gran Turismo on there. Uh, I I read Gotham Knights, but when I read it, because it's right below Starfield, I read it as Garfield. <laughs> and I was like, this is a Garfield game coming out? Um, I think that everyone would assume, myself included, that I would pick Horizon Forbidden West as the most wanted game. And, but I know what it's going to be, you know? Right. I don't know what Marvel Midnight Suns is going to be like. Okay, that's not where I thought you were going to go, and but I didn't think you were going to pick Forbidden West. Yes, I mean, between Forbidden West and Marvel's Midnight Suns. Um, I've had Marvel's Midnight Suns as a show topic for the past, what, two months? And I keep yeah. ending taking it out because we either go longer on something and I, or I forget to put it back in. I really, maybe I'll talk about it next week because I watched some deep dives. I've really seen how much, how different it is in gameplay from just a card system game. I'm really excited to see where they go um, with this hub world they have. It has third-person adventure in it, and it also has card-based combat. I really uh, want to play this game really badly, and I want to see 
if it's going to be as awesome as I think it's going to be. So I will put that as most wanted slash curious game gotcha. tied with Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I think, you know, probably no surprise that I'm really looking at God of War and Horizon Forbidden sure. West as the ones that are, <laughs> you know, most in competition. I think I'm actually going to pick God of War Ragnarok, though, as my most wanted. Yeah. Because similar, like, I have a idea, I feel like, about Horizon Forbidden West, about what we're going to get, what the changes are, like, how that might be different. For God of War, I'm really interested in where the story is going. And not that I'm not in Horizon, but I'm knowing that God of War Ragnarok is the end of... You know, this little chapter of God of War, I'm yeah. very curious to see what they do with it. So that, for me, is what sets it apart as my most wanted game. Also, you know, maybe I'm just a sucker for marketing stuff, but, like, the one-shot camera and all that stuff is just so cool. Like, the way yes. and the and, and how that makes the game feel is something that is very awesome and neat. Um, so for me, I think I'd go God of War Ragnarok. Okay, final category, ultimate game of the year. Our choices are Deathloop, Psychonauts 2, Resident Evil Village, Ratchet & Clank, Wildermyth, Hitman 3, The Forgotten City, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, and for the first time that we've talked about the entire time, Mass Effect Legendary <laughs> Edition. So, Josh, yeah. what is your pick for Ultimate Game of the Year? Uh, I think it has to be Ratchet and Clank. I want it to be Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I really do. Really? Because uh, how many of those games did you play and finish? All of them. <laughs> During oh, this mean- year? No, not this year. I thought you meant of <laughs> Mass Effect games. No, how many? Yeah, how many of the games from the Mass Effect Legendary Edition did you start and finish this year? No, you know what? I didn't. I started only the first one. In fact, a big part of my extra life uh, stream is going to be me playing through Mass Effect Legendary Edition. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and Horizon Five. That's that's. I think might end up just being my whole twenty-four hour stream. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Uh, there's part of me that enjoyed Resident Evil Village more than Ratchet and Clank, but yep. I think Ratchet and Clank is a better game. Uh, it is more, and this is something that I think I just inherently do. Um, it's a better game for everyone, and it is a more widely approachable game. And I try to take that into consideration when I'm thinking about accessibility in games. So yeah, uh, Ratchet and Clank, uh, phenomenal game, made me reconsider. My thoughts on platformers until I realized I was still correct. Uh, that's what I would pick. Awesome. Okay. I mean, probably no shock here. I'm also going to pick Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> I do think Deathloop has a significant chance of winning this category. Yeah. Uh, just with, as does I think Metroid Dread. Um, it takes two, might pull out a surprise win here, but I yeah. really think it's kind of between Ratchet and Clank, Deathloop. Metroid Dread, and like I said, maybe like Resident Evil Village. But Joseph yeah, Harris's I, head would explode if it takes two. Um, it would explode live on stage. <laughs> it's, true. it's true, it would. And not that I want that to happen, but it, that probably would happen. So <laughs> it will. anyway, yeah. so listener, let us know from that list of games what do you think is going to win the golden joystick for 2021. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Obviously, that was a super long category or super long topic. Yeah. Gosh. So if you want to do your second topic here, and then we'll kind of move towards wrapping the show up. Uh, what you want to do yours instead? Nope, because mine I'll stay for another time. Okay, because it's it's a little more evergreen. All right, this will be a quick one too. Um, but I just I did want to talk about this. Uh, a game that was really making has been making the convention um hype rounds. Uh, something I don't even know that I can put my finger on how it's played, right? Necessarily, 
Um, but news has come out that Arcane Wonders is going to um, become the publisher for Picture Perfect in the United States. Um, now, Picture Perfect, well, and it's coming out November 17th. I should start by saying that. This is from ICV2. Um, but in, pic- in the game Picture Perfect, uh, players need to arrange 14 characters to take uh, a perfect photograph. However, each character has different desires, and the player has to try to manage uh, to make everyone happy. Um, certain characters want to be um, at the front of the picture. Others want to stand next to another, and a few don't want to be near each other. What's funny about this is one of the escape room things I told you we were doing, mm-hmm. one of them, you'd go into a room and there was a dinner table and people's names and drinks and foods and you would have to consult the wall to see who wanted to be sat next to someone who had like a food allergy and you had to do this in an escape room and arrange the table oh, so that cool. everyone sat in the right spot. So this is like the board game version of that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so the three desires of each character are hidden in envelopes and players need to figure out an arrangement that will make everyone happy despite perhaps not knowing what the characters want. Uh, the game is for two to four players. It uh, plays in 50 to 90 minutes. It's going to be 45 bucks. I did notice, I think you play with a screen. At least mm-hmm. some of the pictures I've seen people playing, there's a screen involved so you can't see at the table you're setting up from the other players. And there's these like, cool little figurines that you're placing on standees around a table. So it looks really cool. And I think, for me, this might just be worth owning because of how unique it is. Compared to other board games, uh, what do you think? Is this is this interesting to you at all? It is because of exactly what you said. That I don't know that there's another board game that is similar to this that I can think of. Uh, and yeah, it, it's very very unique and, and a different way to approach. Like, how do you arrange people? And I think the screens are because they're different backdrops. Like, I think oh, that okay. they want to be like in different locations and stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it's a really I don't. I want to read the rules probably before I order it, or probably watch some more reviews of it just to totally understand exactly how it works. Yeah. But on face value, to me, it's a unique enough and different enough game uh, that I am definitely interested in picking it up. Nice, cool, and that's it. That's a quick one, but uh, keep your eyes out. Definitely a unique um, uh, board game that's coming out with uh, some cool, like one of the cards says like. Uh, in the picture, I want to cover the face of, and it shows the character. So you try to like put someone in front of that person's face or put a plant in front of them or something. It seems pretty cool. All right. So with that, we're going to, like I said, move on towards wrapping the show up. So we're going to give a brief update on our homework here. Every two weeks, we give one another <laughs> <Yeah>. homework. Report <laughs> back on how it's gone and assign it new homework. So with that, two weeks it's ago, Josh was, week assigned, for homework. <laughs> Josh was assigned to play Visage, and I had to play House of Ashes. So yeah. Josh... Visage, I know you mentioned last week, I think, that you started playing it. Yeah. Uh, what are your overall thoughts? Anything new to add from last week? I played as much Visage as you played House of Ashes. Okay. Uh, it really poked my big baby button, and I didn't want to play any more of Visage. <laughs> okay. So it is scary is what you're saying. It is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want a really spooky game before Halloween, which is right around the corner, uh, Visage is an option. And then obviously House of Ashes. We played, played for like an hour or so, and just couldn't play no more because the game told us we couldn't. So, uh, but I want to play more of that one. So I guess that's the different big difference there. So, 
Awesome. So, hey, good work to both of us. I think we both deserve A's because we did everything we could. We did it. Yay. All right, Josh. So what is my homework for two weeks from now, then? If you look in your Steam inbox, your homework is in there. <laughs> uh, I remember you mentioning this. Okay, one sec here. Sorry, listener, if you hear keyboard clacking. Clickety-clack, yeah. clickety-clack. Kyle, your homework is to play a game I am currently playing, which I omitted, so we could talk about it together in two weeks. You need to play Inscription on... The PC by Devolver Digital. I asked oh, Kyle uh, the other day to not look into this game at all. Did you stay true to that? I did stay true to that. But here was the funny thing is that once you had mentioned it, I heard other people talking about it on a <laughs> podcast. So oh, I really? didn't look into it anymore. Um, but I heard a little bit about it. And I tried to actually skip that part when I was listening to it. And I'm actually... Um, very excited to play this now. So thank you. I will definitely play some inscription for sure. Awesome. So cool. Uh, all right. So inscription coming up in two weeks. Hey, accept gift. Yes, I'm accepting this gift. It's funny because when we started going through the joystick awards, I remembered the original homework I wanted to give you because I remembered you said you didn't play Resident Evil Village yet. And I was going to make you play that oh, until gotcha. I stumbled upon inscription. And I was like, Kyle needs to play this game. <laughs> All right. I probably shouldn't have started downloading it while we were recording a podcast. I don't think still, it's very big. I think it'd be Okay. <laughs> so there we go, though. Downloading a game while I record. I'm a professional. All right. Uh, Josh, <laughs> your homework is you get to play this little game called The Rift Breaker. Are you familiar with The Rift oh, Breaker? Uh, I've, I've almost downloaded it a few times on Game Pass, but then I saw what the gameplay was, and I was like, no, thank you, but I will definitely play it. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because it's a combination of base builder and twin stick shooter. So part of the game is you are building a base, building your town, all that stuff. Yeah. But then you have to protect your base slash town. Um, and when that happens, you jump into a mech and it's a good old twin stick shooter fiesta at that point. Yeah. And what I I was considering downloading this because I really obviously like twin stick shooters. But in my mind, I was trying to decide, do you play this game with a controller or do you play it if you play it on PC? Do you play it with mouse and keyboard? Because obviously, for the base building part, the the keyboard and mouse is going to be way easier. But I can't imagine doing a twin stick shooter mouse and keyboard. Well, the best part I will not play it on Xbox. I'll play it on PC. Is that I can use mouse and keyboard, and then just and then literally switch. pick up my Xbox controller in it. The games just change for you. <laughs> that's true. I and maybe I should try that, doing that. So that's yeah. a good point. So awesome. All right. So with that, then, we're going to move on to a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming contest. Yes, we are. A gaming contest. We are a gaming contest. (laughs) Obviously, we're a gaming (laughs) podcast. We want to give you one recommendation, suggestion, or thing that we're currently into that's helping us live a well-rounded life. With that, Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Dune, as I wrote it. Dune. Dune is on HBO Max. It's also in theaters. Um, and actually, while I was watching it on HBO Max, I said, man, I wish I was in the theater watching this. <laughs> um, this this and Suicide Squad, I will be honest, are probably the, the only HBO Max premiere movies that came out this year that are worth it. Um, the, the subscription and like the whole movies to direct to your home. Uh, this is incredible. It is very well done. Um, the fact that they 
decided to make this two movies makes all the sense in the world. We were talking about this earlier with the series versus the movie. Like this could be a great series, but it was a great series on Sci-Fi Channel called Dune, and then also Children of Dune. Very good series if you ever want to watch those. Um, this movie is so true to the source material and even the original 1984 movie, but it just takes its time to tell you the story. Um, but there's also exciting moments and some action, but it's mostly incredible acting and a, a compelling story. I, I do want to acknowledge that I could be a little biased because I really like the property. Um, but I think that I don't, I don't want to overhype it, but I really think this is kind of like masterclass filmmaking. Uh, it's just done so well. It doesn't rely on special effects, but they're certainly there. It's all about the story and it's just, I watched the whole thing. I'm going to try to convince my wife to watch it. I text, I'll see if I can pull up the text because she was proud of her answer. Um, because we were trying to figure out if we didn't have friends come over Friday night to play VR. I was like, "Do you want? Should we watch Dune?" And of course, she she replied, "Not really, not really into space worms." <laughs> that was her response. I said, "Okay, <laughs> um, there's there's not too many space worms. So if you're worried about space worms like my wife was, don't worry about it." <laughs> um, it was just uh, a very good. I can't. I don't want to. If I start talking about, it, I'm going to spoil things. But watch Dune. It's so good. And maybe soon, what we'll do is, you know, since we started uh, incorporating the pregame into our show, maybe we'll do a postgame review of Dune in the next couple of weeks. Here, that sounds good to me. So I will say though, uh, if you are into The Sopranos, I've heard The Many Saints of Newark is pretty good. Okay. As far as like movie premieres, and then obviously, you know, we still have Matrix Resurrections coming in December. So yes, yes, I just meant of what has come out so far. Yeah, it. I. I mean, yeah, the it has not been. It hasn't been great. I, it hasn't been great. <laughs> I, I think there's. I think there's been some fun to be had with the movie, pre, the day and date movie premieres. I think like Mortal sure. Kombat was fun, you know. Oh, but I don't. Oh, know. I sh- I left out Mortal Kombat. That was very yeah. good. I really like yeah. Mortal Kombat. So yeah, but no, I hear you. I hear you. Awesome. So that is Dune <laughs> on HBO Max, or just Dune, uh, if you prefer. Uh, my recommendation this week is actually an old show that I finally watched after meaning to watch it for a very long time because, you know, I'm a fan of things like Last Chance U and a lot of other things. So I finally sat down and started watching QB1 Beyond the Lights, which follows uh, high-profile high school quarterbacks in their senior year prior to going to college uh-huh. and kind of just gives you some insight into what it's like to be them. Now, this is a little bit of an interesting show because the first two seasons are on YouTube on Complex. So they're on Complex's YouTube channel, hmm. but the third season is on Netflix. So it's, And the fourth season, which is supposedly still coming probably next year, will also be on Netflix. So it's a little <laughs> weird to kind of watch, uh, but if you just want some insight into, you know, what that life is like and what it's like to be a high-profile recruited uh, high school quarterback, I think it's a really fascinating look at that life. Uh, the cool thing is that if you go back now and watch season one, 
you know, these are people who now have, you know, move either. Some of them have finished college. Some of them are still in college. Uh, but it really is a interesting way to look at people who were super highly recruited. Some who have been very, very successful. Cause like one of them is Jake Fromm, who went to Georgia, like had an amazing career at Georgia and got drafted by the bills. Right. Others are like Tate Martell, who was like considered to be like the best high school quarterback of all time. And he went to Ohio State, then transferred to Miami, now transferred to UNLV and is the backup at UNLV. Like really drastically different experiences that these students that these players are having. So really kind of fascinating look into the lives that they have. Um so like I said, if you're into sports at all or just into those documentaries that show people who are really, really good at their craft and seeing kind of what their lives are like. Uh, QB1 Beyond the Lights, uh, like I said, first two seasons on YouTube, third season is on Netflix. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us like Paul Calico did in our current inbox at boardwithvg at gmail.com. Paul, let me know if you want me to read what you wrote or if that was just for Kyle and I to read because <laughs> I've read it. Uh, we tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg, so please use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. We are just about two weeks away from my Extra Life stream. I've already meet, meet Tid. <laughs> I've already met my funding goal. I did add some stretch goals. Uh, well, I added a stretch goal. I'll add some new ones this week, but currently... If you decide you want to donate, if for a $50 donation, I'll play uh, an hour of any game on Game Pass that you choose. Uh, and I think this week I'll add some lower cost uh, goals uh, for that. But uh, I'm very grateful and thankful to all the people who have donated so far to help the kids. Uh, and look forward to anyone jumping in my 24-hour stream on November Ugh, November 5th, November 6th. What's that date? November 6th, starting at 10 a.m. So that's what you should do. Go to at Josh Bones on Twitter and look at my pinned tweet to get more info. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.